the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Let's talk money again today and investing and get some hints, tips and tricks in there. Uh, I'll give you some headlines as well, just in case you have not been tuned into the world. That's my job on the show. First and foremost, I always like taking a look um, at how things have been playing out recently. Yesterday, the Nasdaq got that little bit of a win. And again, not big, just a little bit. S&P 500 and the Dow were just a little bit lower. It wasn't a very big day. The Nasdaq has a lot of big winners. And what's it's telling me at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, that it's uh, end of half of the year. So we're getting three, three things all wrapping up on Friday. Some people want to be positioned right and make it look like they were smarter than they were in the last 30 days, 90 days, 180 days. And if you take a look at Apple, it was just playing with a strike option, which is a big round number, a call, covered call number where I was like, is it going to hit it? It hit 179.90 yesterday. I'm like, it's 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 going there, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm sorry, 189.90. And uh, just a skoosh, just a skoosh from 200. Uh, wow, I'm, gosh, my little speaking was drop. So yesterday, Apple hit 189.90, just a scoosh from 190, which is where the option would be triggered. I found that fascinating. Um, has it hit it yet? Has it taken it out? It has 190.07. Um, that's interesting to note, in my opinion. Where do I think it goes next week? Probably a little bit lower because it's been such a big winner in this first half of the year. But I don't really bet on the short term. It's not my thing. I'm not good at it. I've never met anyone who's really all that good at it. Just so you know. And I've been in this industry a long time. NVIDIA was down 1.8% yesterday on news that the United States may impose more sanctions on Beijing um, by saying, you know, we're not going to send our best computer chips to you. Interesting. NVIDIA and AMD were down, but not out. Like I said yesterday, if China wants to get around that, they just set up a company in India or Bangladesh and uh, Cameroon, Turkey, send the orders there, send them to uh, their mother, their motherland. It's easily something to get around if they want it to. But the AI chip hero, NVIDIA, it's it's so wanted that their government's saying it's a it's a protected government value. I find that interesting. Um, so what else did we have yesterday? Presumed human remains found within the Titanic, uh, the Titan, the Titan sub. My voice is all over itself today. Presumed human remains found with the Titan sub wreckage after debris from the Titan, the submersible that imploded en route to the Titanic, presumably killing its five passengers, was brought to land in Canada yesterday. The U.S. Coast Guard said that likely human remains had been found amongst the wreckage. 
I, what do you say? What do you say? It is going to be a story that we remember for years to come. Wildfires continue to rage in Canada, and the wind keeps blowing the smoke into the United States. Smoke hovered over the Midwest while also heading east. Air quality alerts were in fact in 20 states and applied to almost a third of the U.S. population. Having lived in California wildfire area, that stinks, especially if you don't have air conditioning so that you can, you know, close up your windows and keep the the heat out and the smoke out. The heat in Texas is showing no signs of letting up. It's been blamed on at least nine deaths. It's been straining the state's power grid, but solar power has helped stave off blackouts. Let's see, what else do we have to throw out there as far as big headline news? This story got a little bit more national attention. Costco is pushing out the moochers. So if you buy a card, they're making you get your photo with it. And if you get your photo with it, they're now starting to check to make sure that photo is you. Interesting, right? What if I got a photo of me and was my wife allowed to use it? Or my son? Brings up a lot of Netflix vibes of subscribers are valuable. And when you break into the system, it creates a problem for the companies. A gold star membership sets you back 60 bucks a year while an executive membership costs you 120 and offers some bonuses like a 2% rebate at the end of the year, as well as auto and travel perks. I've had the gold star. I've I've had the uh, executive membership before. Back when I was younger and I was booking vacations, it came in quite handy. Costco is a great long-term investment. If you take a look at the chart, it's done well, very well in good times and bad times. Is it something I would buy and forget? It's kind of, yeah. In the same vein as Walmart, Target, Costco, these are companies that all offer things typically discounted or a little bit of a premium but nothing crazy. And when I say a little bit of a premium target, will go out and sometimes get a designers to do their clothes and they sell them at target like prices, but you get that premium of it's a good color or it's a seasonal color. That's in style. For instance, also the cheap rotisserie chickens. How do they do it? So anyway, real quick, Costco has got 124 million card holders. That's pretty, that's Here's your first investment lesson of the day. Wall Street's love subscribers. And when you have a hundred million to a billion of anything, Wall Street loves it. Apple got talked about a lot yesterday on the financial news. And one thing that people keep coming back to is that they have a regular upgrade. If you have an iPhone 12, it's on the older side now when the iPhone 15 is coming out. Now, it feels like the, the quality of the build has gotten better through the years. Do you remember 5, 10, 15 years ago when you 5, 10 years ago when you were seeing your first iPhones and your, your buddy would have a cracked screen for like a year because he couldn't get it fixed because it's too expensive? Doesn't feel like the cracked screen is that much of an issue as, as uh, often now. Or maybe we've just become better. Anyway, real quick, Wall Street was really focused yesterday on the number of devices of a billion plus. I would almost go as far as say, unless management messes it up, which can happen, that install base is critically valuable to both Costco and Apple and almost tough to 
almost tough to blow up. Possible, but not not easy. Let's talk about today. Again, we're down to the last two days of the quarter. That tells me a little funny vibes happening. Um, Mr. Powell, he's been talking policy. Not a lot of change in the major indices this morning. Mr. Powell talking. Briefly, he said tightening will likely be needed because of the strength of the labor market. That one shouldn't that one shouldn't take rate hikes at consecutive meetings off the table. So he is willing to hike two times in a row, although he's also willing not to. He's really got us eating out of his hands right now. He thinks core inflation won't get back to the Fed's two percent target rate until twenty twenty five. That throws a lot of water on people who are expecting a rate cut this year. This year, 2023, or next year, 2024. Now, does he have to stick to it? No. He could say the data changed and I can cut rates now. 30. It'll be interesting to see if the perspective changes at all, knowing there's been a stream of some good economic news that has triggered a spike in treasury yields and has taken some steam out of the equity futures today. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Severe weather is impacting the airline industry. You have to ask yourself when you invest in a stock or in a sector. What's the pluses? What's the minuses? And if you can write them down, it helps. It makes it, how shall we say, a little bit more real. Two hours on the tarmac gets you 20 bucks off food. Severe weather storms are ripping through the East Coast. Airlines are feeling the heat. 15,000 plus U.S. flights have been delayed and nearly 5,000 canceled. Disruptions are affecting flights headed to New York and New Jersey airports with delays averaging three plus hours. Check your flight before you get on a big trip this week. United said the FAA failed it after storm-related restrictions forced the airline to cancel nearly 20% of its flights on Monday. JetBlue also saw a high number of delays, after which the airline told employees it had room to improve its response. Summer's critical for airlines. As you and I say, you know what? It's sexy, warm weather. Let's go enjoy. Let's get some uh, vitamin D on the skin. And we splurge. Again, we tend to splurge a lot as a nation, but you get the idea. But summer is trying to get back. Not summer is trying to get back. Summer is trying to get back to pre-pandemic summer. No, no. Maybe, maybe, because it's a hot one this year. But maybe they would like to see a little uh, 2019 weather versus 2023. But airlines are trying to get back to 2019 levels. This is shocking that I have to say this, but AI voice generators are scamming parents. You get a call from an unknown number. The voice sounds like your kid asking for money. New technology is making imposter scams easier and more believable. That's something you got to do. You have to have a code word with your kid. And it can't be, hang up the phone, I'll call you right back. Because there's ways around that in these horrible scenarios. You have to have a code word. Isn't that sad I have to say that? Oh, you know ChatGPT? Um OpenAI Open is the company that created it. And if you work at OpenAI, you get something very, you get a fascinating 
compensation package. And I kind of like it. Now, again, I don't qualify because I'm not that smart of an engineer. But you get a flat base salary of 300000 and 500000 in equity every year. No more, no less. SpaceX Cargo Dragon will leave the International Space Station to head back to Earth. There's going to be some NASA live streaming. That's some pretty cool stuff. SpaceX is ultimately, I think, going to be worth more than Tesla because there is no one who can compete with it. And as much poop that I give Elon Musk for being a weirdo, like, why is he fighting Mark Zuckerberg? What's that all about? Grow up, both of you. He's got Tesla's got a pretty good moat around its business. SpaceX has a better one, and they just raised their valuation. Um, when that comes public, it's going to be a big one. Not necessarily for the space tourism, but for the space cargo. Pretty impressive stuff. And the fact that he's come up with a system to reuse rockets and save money in the industry. Uh, they're not profitable yet. Worthy of note. How profitable can they be? They haven't done enough work on it, but I can tell you no other business can compete with them. Millennials net worths are decreasing. This is bad news. The average millennials net worth dropped from 111,000 to 64,000 between 2020 and 2022. As we wrap up June, I kind of want to give a little commentary on it's going to be okay. It's pretty important that you know that because I think that one thing that messes a lot of people up in investing is greed and fear. And I can talk about both right now. We could start with the greed of AI. A lot of people have questions right now about doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing. Shorting NVIDIA, shorting Microsoft. I want to do that. You have to distinguish when you see stocks rip higher, why they're ripping higher and why, why they shouldn't be ripping higher. Is it popular delusion or is it an investable trend? AI is bigger than the invention of the internet. It is the invention of the wheel. That investment boom will easily be as big as the internet. Now what you're going to see is some IPOs come out, some stuff that you'll be able to trade. If OpenAI were to IPO tomorrow, it would be a huge valuation. If you were to be paid in million-dollar bills, you probably couldn't fit it all you know, in your wallet. Maybe even billion-dollar deals, right? Tragic thing about AI is that we simply don't have much of a way of good stocks to buy at this point in time. There's NVIDIA and there's Microsoft. And a lot's already priced into both of those guys. Optimists are fools. But if you can see a knowledgeable trend, um, wait for some IPOs. And uh, we'll talk about them on this show, I promise. For the record, I own NVIDIA and Microsoft. And I bought NVIDIA 50% off its all-time highs last year when the markets was, was punishing companies. I don't think I got it 50% off its all-time highs, but when it was down, that's when I bought it. Okay, so that's the greed side. 
or you're trying to go counter greed. Let's go with pessimism on real estate, commercial real estate. Oh, it's going to be awful. Oh, there's going to be an implosion. Oh, it's going to be an absolute meltdown. People are going to work from home. Valuations are high. I was looking at some of the pricing in the Transamerica building, and it's way higher than it was in pre-pandemic. So office REITs have been trading at distressed values, and I'm looking at office REITs right now because it's not as bad as people think. It's not as good as people think, but it's also not as bad as people think. I believe in that statement. Commercial real estate and associated securities that are held on regional bank balance sheets. Regional banks are going to take a dirt nap as a thought. But there's no kaboom right now. There's no, we're a few months into this and we're not talking about companies falling apart. One. There's an investment REIT that I follow, don't own, follow, called SL Green. Ticker symbol is SLG. It's New York's largest office landlord. So if you want to be a landlord, if you want to own property, you can go own SLG and you're part of New York's largest office landlord. If you own 100 shares, you may be 0.0001% of owning all 30. the real estate, office real estate in New York. Um, they just did a deal. They raised a lot of money. They sold a 49% stake in 245 Park Avenue for a valuation of $2 billion. Didn't fall apart. Deal got done. So it's never as bad as it seems. It's probably never as great as it seems. You got to figure out what optimism is and what reality is. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. The most ridiculous product for July 4th. Pepsi is introducing a soda-infused ketchup for hot dogs at baseball parks. I don't get it. I don't like it. But here I am talking about it, which means Pepsi just got free advertising. So baseball, hot dogs, and ketchup. Four major league parks. It's to be Pepsi-infused. They've done this before. Ridiculous Pepsi-infused ketchup. They've done it with pepperoni, Pepsi-infused pepperoni, and Peeps-flavored Pepsi. It is just a marketing stunt, I think. Um, it's only going to be at four ballparks. So it's not like they're going to roll anything big out with this. Uh, and it's only going to be in one section of each ballpark. So Chase Field in Phoenix, section 130. Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, in the Pepsi Lounge. Target Field in Minnesota, Minneapolis, section 113. And Comerica Park in Detroit. Now, you would have to be a pretty much so Pepsi-loving freak. And I guess there probably is one or two of those in the world, right? That they will fly to the ballpark to try this said product. Um, Again, I'll take a hard pass on that one myself. Third quarter, uh, third estimate for first quarter GDP came out today. So a revision to the first quarter GDP because we're just finishing up the second quarter. A revision of the first quarter. Saw an upward revision to 2% from 1.3% in GDP at six uh, months ago. I was going, this first quarter GDP, it's not looking great. I guess that was uh, three months ago, but you get the idea. 
Um, it's at 1.3%. We're so close to slip it into that negative area. I tend to like GDP somewhere between 2 and 4%. For most of my life, it's been around 2.5%. Some quarters a little bit better, some quarters a little bit lower. But getting a revision to 2% shows you it wasn't as bad as we thought. But other than that, means nothing. That literally happened three to six months ago in our economy. And we've already digested the earnings from that time period. We've already digested the uh, wages from the time period. It's just for the history books. The labor market continues to be resilient. We saw initial jobless claims for the weekend in June 24th decrease by 26,000 to 239,000. In the recessions seen since 1980, initial jobless claims have been north of 375,000. So the key takeaway is labor continues to be strong. And that may be the reason why the Federal Reserve can keep interest rates high to help fight inflation. Because the job market's not helping fight inflation. People have jobs. People spend money. I'm going to take a couple days off next week, spend some money. All 23 banks passed the Fed's annual stress tests, and their stocks are taking advantage of passing that grade. So yesterday during this segment, I think I told you, uh, economic news today, after the market closes, will the Federal Reserve releases their annual stress test, and all 23 banks passed. So that gives a little bit of love to the banking ETFs. Micron is up 1.5% today after better-than-expected results and indicated its confident industry bottom has already formed. Another, so tech, banks, jobs, consumer spending. The economic data is pretty rosy right now, thus flummoxing the Federal Reserve because inflation is still at a high level and it won't come down if we're spending money. So if we were to recap the news today, there's an upward revision to first quarter GDP and a downturn in initial jobless claims help temper hard landing concerns. All 23 banks passed the Fed's annual stress test. Micron is confident the industry bottom has occurred. Micron makes DRAM. There's a spike in treasury yields following the first quarter GDP and initial jobless claims reports. I'll take a look at that in just a second. And there's three IPOs that people are kind of excited about today. Let's see if I can pull up. Uh, losing my mind a little bit today. There we go. Um, okay. Got to pull up the financial data. Give me just a second, ladies and gentlemen. Supreme Court outlaws consideration of race as a factor in college admissions. Sometimes you're hit with a headline and you just go, I got to think about that one. Supreme Court outlaws consideration of race as a factor in college admissions. I don't know if that's good or bad. So I know money and investing. I know economics. I financial spreadsheets. I like looking at them. I like data. We've got mixed markets there. Let's look at that. We got the NASDAQ just a little bit lower. Russell 2000 is a big winner. Again, part of that theme in the second quarter. We want not the big boy tech, not Tesla, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Apple. We don't need them to go higher right now. 
They've already done that this year. We knew that Russell 2000 outperformed the markets. And today it is. So if you have a 401k, the first half of the year, your large cap or your growth stocks did well. And you, you looked at your Russell 2000 and international stocks and you're like, why are they such losers? I should sell them and buy my big tech stocks. No, it's not how you do 401ks. You do it opposite. In stocks, I tend to let my winners win and stick around. They get to you know, continue to play ball for me. I sell my losers. <clears throat> in mutual funds, in 401k world, ETFs, I average into my losers and I trim off my winners. I don't need more than 25% large cap companies. So when it goes to 30%, I'm like, let's take 5% off and put it in the small. Because small is going to have its day too at some point. Maybe not up 38%. Crude oil is up slightly. What else do we have? Gold. I don't talk about gold a lot on this show. It's sitting under 2,000 an ounce. It's at 1916. I can't make a case. Gold 2.0. Nope. Gold. AI gold. Nope. Nope. Uh, can we connect gold to the internet? Nope. Can't connect it to the internet. Can we put it in the cloud? Nope. 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 It's just a rock that sits around and does its thing. I'm pretty. And I, there's not a lot of me in the world. So we go, uh, it's not a very industrial metal. Copper. That's a metal that's like, hey, I don't shine like gold does, but you could put me in uh, buildings and in roads and in uh, telecommunication equipment. An industrial metal. So if you were to put a gun to my head, please don't. So you got to own gold or you got to own copper. I'd take copper and the crowd would go, oh, stupid man. But I want something that works. 10-year treasury bond sits at 3.8%. When it gets to 4%, it's going to have a little bit more of a problem in the stock market. Now, here's something I've said for years and years and years and years, and it's worth repeating. I'll buy bonds when the 10-year treasury is at 4%. I'll buy stocks when the 10-year treasury is under 3.5%. This is kind of a weird no-man's land when we're between 35 and 4 But I think, that's, that, I think that's pretty much so right. I think I could stick with that statement and, and leave it there. Bitcoin's still above 30,000. Getting big news this week that Fidelity wants to do an ETF to allow their clients exposure into Bitcoin and digital currency. That's a big, big news. BlackRock's trying to set up uh, an ETF, not based on futures, but based on actual spot prices. Um, I, I don't want to say that I'm a believer. But I'm not ignorant either. Jerome Powell's heavily handed interest rate increases at the Federal Reserve aren't proving magically delicious for cereal giant General Mills. Isn't that funny? The carrying cost of inventory is higher. Interest rates are up. They're trying to work their balance sheets. So said CEO of General Mills. He added that North America that retailers are focused on inventory. One of the things that we feel more comfortable about is being able to pay, uh, being able to supply the business after the supply disruptions. Then feel like they don't have to carry as much safety stock, pay as much in cash. So retain that cash on your balance sheet. It's interesting how interest rates affect grocery stores and cereal makers. 
and volume declines. I want to go back to Ron Barron earlier this week on the show. Probably the most important thing I said, he believes the Dow Jones Industrial Average will hit 90,000 in the next 50 years if it just keeps doing what it's done for the last 50 years historically. And he says that inflation is one of the secrets that very few people understand. Because General Mills has raised prices of a box of cereal from a buck and a quarter 30 years ago to six bucks, seven bucks, eight bucks sometimes. I know people that used to, when the economy got tough, they're like, we're eating cereal. And I'm like, that's funny. Is it that cheap? And it kind of is as far as meals. Um, but Ron Barron said, as companies raise prices, they rarely lower prices. A little bit here and there, but rarely. But they're able to make more money because of the higher prices. Worthy of note, he thinks the market goes higher for the next 50 years. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. So one of the things I blend into the show a lot is marketing. You heard me talk earlier about Pepsi's newest pitch, which is a cola-infused ketchup that they're going to show off for one day, one day only, and then it's gone forever. Um, It's not meant to be the next big thing at the store. Which, again, if I... God, if I want to... Marketing is important. I want to finish this thought then we get back to no let me do you know what makes pepsi and coca-cola so valuable general mills is when you go to into a safeway or trader joe's the story about uh employees that trade up and party together um sexually and alcohol like what's going on there that was a story that i came across earlier this week i'm like ah not good enough to get on air But if you go into a Safeway and you were to bring a stock ticker with you, you could probably find about eight companies, Campbell, Campbell Soup, um, General Mills, Pepsi Coke. You're going to hit a point where you're like, oh, there's not very many of these guys. And that's what makes them powerful. Because ultimately, I'm going to get a product from Pepsi or Coke if I get any sort of beverage at a grocery store, whether it's orange juice, milk. Um, they're all, some of them, not, not milk isn't always the obvious one, but Fairlife is um, tied towards a big consumer uh, perks kind of company, consumer stable kind of company. So, I kind of want to say that look at your grocery store and you'll get some investment ideas because we keep going every two, three, four, five days. You're going to the grocery store and you're buying from one of those eight companies, something. Now the marketing of Pepsi's newest cola infused ketchup is silly. It's getting people like me to talk about it, but I want you to think about it. The marketing of the summer of Barbie Airbnb listed a real-life Barbie Malibu dream house hosted by Ken. It's pretty cute if you go to Airbnb.com and take a look. How much does it cost? Nothing. It's free. You get two one-night stays. It's only available for two one-night states. 
So it's not like this is going to be a Barbie house that you use for hundreds and hundreds of years. They literally painted everything pink. And it does look like the Malibu Barbie house from your childhood. Inside the marketing for Airbnb for the Malibu dream house says Ken's thing is beach, not math. So it's free. Now I went and watched the, the Barbie trailer and this is funny. I can't figure out what the hell the movie's about. What is the plot going to be? But they're smart. Mattel has made another company pay for the movie and they get to reap a lot of benefit from this. They didn't put their own money up. They just put the intellectual property. And you're going to see more and more deals like this. But also, to get us talking, Mattel licensed out the Barbie name to companies. And you're seeing a lot of hot pink, bold, rosy hues, like Fusion Magneta. Magenta, not Magneta. I think Magneta might be like a superhero, right? There's an Xbox from Microsoft that's Barbie-themed. There's a lot of girl gamers out there. And there ain't nothing wrong with a pink Xbox. Aldo is collaborating with Barbie on pink shoes. Ruggable has a line of Barbie rugs and doormats. Now, what exactly is a Barbie rug and doormat? Doesn't matter. It's out there. I want you to always be looking at marketing as part of a company's product. Back in the 1990s, I made a lot of money in a company called Intel. I haven't owned it since 2000. Haven't owned it. I own it in S&P 500 funds. But you get the idea. Um, do you remember Intel? They were competing with a company called AMD and a company called Sarks. And I believe one other one, National Semiconductor, might have had CPUs, chips that go in your computer. And um, long story short, they had the dancing bunnies. Do you remember the dancing bunnies? The guys who would work in clean rooms to make semiconductors. And they actually sold plush dolls. Now, they didn't make money on the plush dolls. They just got us thinking, I got to get Intel inside, Intel inside, do, 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 do. And the little tone would play, and you're like, oh, now I know Intel inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just became in your head. Do you know that every computer I've bought since 1990 has had an Intel processor? Uh, not ever. Probably one or two uh, AMDs. But like my son has an AMD processor. But I'm, I'm kind of an in, Intel. <clears throat> I don't want to use that word. Um, I'm addicted to Intel. I've been, I've been sold the goods. Marketing is super important to long-term success or failure of a company. And when you get into a situation where you have 100 to 1 billion users, you win. If you know how to market, you win. Okay, some other stories of note that we should hit today. Let's take a quick look at the market. I stayed too long on Barbie. I apologize. Apple's playing with 190. A lot of talk yesterday will it be a $3 trillion company. And then why not say four in the year 2025 as people are kind of getting excited about their uh, augmented reality product. And they've kind of already leaked that there's going to be a second version next year. And a cheaper version. Interesting, right? I own shares of Apple. I chose to I chose to sold, sell 1% of it. And I know that's going to make you laugh. I haven't sold a lot in my lifetime. 
but 190 is my trigger price for 1% of my holdings of Apple. How silly is that? Do I think it goes to 250? I do. Do I think it goes 300? I don't know. Do I think its best growth days are behind it? Yes. Do I think it has the great ability to buy back shares? You're not buying it for, for growth. It's not growing a lot. You're buying it because they buy back shares with amazing cash flow. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Talk to you soon. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.